you know, as we were singing that song, uh, open the gates, uh, let the King of glory come in. You know, gates are about access. You know, gates in a city back in the day, you know, it was an access point. And, uh, you know, I just want to have the gates of my life open, the gates of my heart. You know, I mean, we need to say sometimes, hey, you gates. <laughs> not just, you know, not some building or some structure, but, you know, the structure of me. You know, let open the gates. Let the king of glory come in. I'm not saying he doesn't already live there, but there's just something that's when we just surrender to him, when we just freshly say, Lord, I'm open. And so I love the I love the song uh, selection that Lisa picked out today, just talking about being open, open, the Father opening our eyes, uh, freedom, so much freedom. There's God replacing all these things, and that's that's exactly who he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he does not change. I'm so glad his love for me, his grace does not change. Aren't you glad? He's He's good. All the time, God is good. Amen. Open your Bibles to John chapter 8. Well, today today is Father's Day. John chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 39. We're going we're gonna to actually go backwards in the Scripture. We're going to read the last part first and then go back to the first part and then do the middle part. So, me and John chapter 8 today mostly. You know, as I was thinking about Father's Day and just praying uh, about this week, um, you know, I really feel like the Lord gave me a word today. I pray that every week. Um, so every every week when He answers that prayer, I'm thankful. But you know, there's there's sometimes where you just you're like you're like God, I want I want something specific uh, to speak to men. And so, ladies, see you later. No, just. <laughs> No, ladies, as I said on Mother's Day, I think there's lots of stuff that will be able to be applied to your life. But if forgive me if one Sunday a year we do fathers and one Sunday we focus on mothers. Uh, but really, this is this will be for men, I think, in general. It will totally apply to women. But I want to encourage men today. Because men, without us, the church is not going to do what it needs to do. It's not going to be what it needs to be. Because as so goes the man, so goes his family. I'm not going to go there. Yeah, I mean, you know that the statistics say that just even in going, like attending church, if the mom attends church, you know, the, 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 the way that the children will attend church and stay in the church uh, is, a, is a certain percentage. It's, it's a decent percentage. But if, if the dad goes to church, that percentage jumps way, 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 way high. Because there's, there's something about the role that God has given to us as men to be leaders, to be ones that lead. So if you're leading somewhere else, your family is going to follow. If every week when we gather or every week when you're supposed to be somewhere with the Lord, you're doing something else just because something came up, then that's what your kids are going to do. You'll notice your kids fall into the same patterns that you do. It's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? And this goes probably for all of us, that our kids end up receiving a lot of stuff from us. 
scared the hajibis out of me. Like before I had Kai, like I, 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 I went and had a prayer session. You know, there were some things in my life that I said, you know what, the, the, these things in my life, I don't want anything to do with anything close to this in my life. And there's a, there's a hint here, so I don't want any of that. I mean, I flew to Florida, had people pray over me for inner healing and deliverance to deal with issues in my life that I didn't I don't want them passed on to my kids. You know what, here's the deal. And again, I've heard it said, I've heard some men say, I don't want to come to church on Father's Day because I don't want to hear about all the bad things I'm doing wrong, right? <laughs> and so I pray today, that's not what this is about. This is not about us saying, well, you're screwing up again and you're not measuring up. And so I want to encourage you to stop screwing up. <laughs> stop it. Just stop doing it. Let me kick you a few times while you're down. No, that's, that's not what this message is about. This message is to say, let's get up. <laughs> let's get up and be who we're called to be because we can. It's possible. You know, I, like I said earlier, I love this church because this, you know, a lot of churches you go into, communities, church families, uh, the men are not as strong. We've got some strong men in here. I look around the room. There's strong men of God in this room. And you know what? That makes our church strong. Not because the ladies, you know, don't do their part. They're doing their part. But but hear, hear this. Men, we are the key to breakthrough in many cases. I'm not going to say in every case, but in many cases. It's an awesome responsibility, but God has also given us the grace and the equipping and what we need to accomplish it. You know, the other thing, as I was uh, praying with my son, I want to brag on him a little bit. So I try to tell, hopefully I don't tell too many stories about my kids that are bad. You know, like when you're growing up as a pastor's kid, you hear some of those stories, you're like, I really didn't want you to share that, you know? <laughs> I don't remember what those were, but I'm sure I had some when I was growing up. But, um, and we joke about it now. But I want to try to, if I am going to tell a story, I want to make sure it's, it's saying, hey, he's awesome. Uh, so my son Evan, last night as we were, were praying, I mean, this, this is just amazing. This partly is just who he is, a personality. Uh, got, got a little bit of his mother in him. And he's like, I'm so excited for tomorrow. And I said, why? Because he said, it's Father's Day. <laughs> I can't wait to have Father's Day and to celebrate it with you. And I was like, oh, man, that's, that's pretty cool. He's more excited than I am. I'm thinking, man, we've got to do church, and we, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm thinking about all the stuff I need to do in the morning and praying and getting ready and saying, oh, God. And he's like, I, I, I'm, I can't wait for Father's Day. I mean, isn't that cool? I mean, doesn't that, wouldn't that bless the heart of, of our Heavenly Father? We're like, man, I, Father, I can't wait to be with you. I just can't wait to celebrate with you. I, I can't wait to celebrate who you are and just, just be all, all excited about what's going on with you. I mean, that's, that's a pretty cool, so that's a free message. So you got a couple free ones today. So, you know, that's, that's the heart of the Lord when he calls us to something. It's like, it should be like that. It should be, yeah, I want to do that. Not like, oh gosh, I got to do that. So if you're hearing, oh gosh, I got to do that today, then I want you to turn off the frequency of a voice that is not God. Because there are voices playing in our heads, gentlemen. Oh, we're off the notes here. (laughs) There are voices 
that are playing in our heads sometimes. And we need to take the authority that God has given us and say, no, enough is enough. I'm not listening to this voice any longer. If it's not the voice of the Holy Spirit, then I don't want to hear it. I don't care if it's my own thoughts. I don't want to hear my own thoughts if they don't agree with God's thoughts. I can say, let's turn those down. I'm taking captive. The scriptures say, you take captive thoughts. You imprison them. You take hold of them. You're the one that's been given strength. You don't wait for someone else to do it. You don't wait for, oh, God, please do that. He says, no, I've already done it. You don't have to pray about it. Just take it. Take it. Take captive. You have authority. You have been given power. You have the anointing. So some of us need to turn down that, whatever that frequency is, get that off of your iPod in your head. Stop playing Spotify. That's not the right channel. You know, for those of you that are old, move the station, okay? Turn off that frequency and tune in to the frequency that's saying, no, you're an overcomer. You're going to get up. Look, that, that is not who you are. Your past does not define your future. And in fact, your past does not have to define your present. So let's read this. I'm going to start with this scripture in John chapter 8, in verse 39. And we're picking right up in the middle of an intense adult conversation here. You know what an adult conversation is? When you need to talk about intense, real things. And so Jesus and the Pharisees are having, he's trying, he's at least being the adult. He's trying to have an adult conversation with these guys, and he's saying some serious stuff. You know, the book of John is really intense. I know we tell people to read that book for, hey, read the book of John when you first open the Bible. And I'm not saying it's a, a good or a bad idea, but, man, the book of John is like this conflict. I mean, there's the Pharisees and Jesus going back and forth, and they're like throwing some zingers. I mean, they're... They're, they're going at it, and they're, you know, it's, it's kind of this, at least with the Pharisees, kind of this passive-aggressive thing going on here where they're trying to, like, hint at these things and get, get Jesus to say these things. And Jesus is just saying, look, you're, he's going to say some direct stuff, right, to the Pharisees. So we're right in the middle of a discussion, and at the beginning of this, Jesus is saying stuff, you know, I'm hearing things from the Father. Uh, I only do what I, you know, he directs me to do and all this stuff. And they say, hey, where's your Father? Where's your father? And they go through a little bit back and forth going on. And so it picks up. And we're going to pick up right in the middle. And where Jesus is saying, hey, you're doing who your father's, your, your father's stuff. Verse 39, they all answer, Abraham is our father. And look at this. This is like, this is right in their faces. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things that Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. And look, this is what they answer. We are not illegitimate children. In other words, we're not, we're not bastards. Okay, and I use that phrase strongly because Jesus is being very strong with them. I mean, he's saying, hey, look, you don't know who your father is. He, he, they said, we're not that. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. And look what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now I am here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. 
Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. Pretty intense conversation here. Okay? Jesus calling, you're, you're the son of the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any one of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Whoa. That's a serious conversation right there. If anybody thinks Jesus was just all meek and mild, oh, little nice Jesus. No, he's like, get off me here. The strong conversation. And you're like, boy, that was kind of intense. I was hoping for the lift me up part. We'll get to that. We want to end with that, okay? (laughs) I don't want to read this part last, right? That'd be depressing. Let's pray and go home. (laughs) We're starting here to look at a couple things. And I want us to to draw some application here. I mean, there's a lot. The whole conversation, Jesus is basically saying, look, you people, God is not your father because if he was... You would follow me. It's very clear. If, if God's your father, you will listen to what I say. You'll walk in the truth. But you're choosing to follow a lie, and you're wanting to kill me. In other words, you're carrying out your father's desires. And this is, this is a, a truth, I think, that's really true. You will live out your father's desires. You'll live out the desires of your father. I mean, think about it. Just think in the natural world, okay? I know Jesus is talking spiritually here, but let's think about the natural world. You know? Don't you find yourself growing up, and if you knew your dad at least, you know, there's some things that happen, and you're like, oh, there he is. I mean, it could be good or bad. I'm not saying it's bad. There's things that just, you know, we live out things of our father. Let me give you one example. Um, and it was one of the kind of an annoying thing that my dad did. So I'm glad he's not here today. And he's probably not going to listen online either. So, you know, the way my dad coughs, he, it has a certain sound. I was like, that's kind of annoying. Okay, we, we learned last week that John has issues, okay, but with some things. But, I mean, it was, it was always kind of, this, you know, a certain thing. You know, just recently, I listened to myself cough, and my dad's in the room. I'm like, why are you coughing? Where's that sound coming? I sound exactly like Ashley's probably covering it. Like, oh, gosh, I can't stand it when you do that. Right? Okay, she never thought of it. Thank you, Jesus. But, you know, and it's, it's, it's got the same, just that right, same timbre and that same tone. I cough just like my dad. You know, it's kind of a silly deal. But there's things from our past where we end up doing them, and we don't even know we're doing them. And we're like, where did that come from? Well, that came from my dad. Because I live out things that my dad placed in me. Whether he wanted to or not, you know, they're there. You know, spiritually it can happen the same way. Sometimes we're hearing a cough from our old father. You have to understand, if, you're, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior... 
you have a new father. Your old father was the devil. We are all born into sin, and when we sin, we are a slave to sin. And you know what? Who's the father of sin? The devil. He's our daddy until we're saved. And sometimes in my life, I hear the cough of my old dad. And I'm like, where did that come from? And I can either get annoyed and beat myself up and say, oh, man, I can't believe I did that, or I can't believe I'm thinking that way. I can't believe I'm talking that way. I'm talking to my kids just like I didn't want to be talked to. I'm, I'm exploding in anger the way I didn't want to explode that, because it was on me. Where did that come from? Because a lot of times we live out our father's desires. So the key to becoming a new father is to first be a son. Of your new father. The way to become a good father. Is to first be a son. Because here's the deal. A good dad imparts amazing things. Into their sons. And daughters. But there's things that are passed on. All of us can probably think. Can you think of a. Well I want us to think of good things right now. Can you, can you turn off all the bad things. Think of one good thing your dad passed on to you. I'm going to have Greg, one good thing your dad passed on to you. I know he's got a good answer, so I'm calling him first. A sense of integrity. Somebody else. Honesty. Somebody else. Even if your dad's here, you know, it's a good thing. So, James. Work hard. What else? Responsibility. Good. What else? Organization. Yeah, ladies, you can answer too. Sure, it doesn't have to be disguised. Organization. All right. That's good. Anybody else? A love for corny jokes. Hey, it's good to have fun. You know what? You know, I want you to remember your dad knew, man, it was so boring. Life. My life was boring. Your life probably not boring, okay? <laughs> I, I know I know you saw. Anybody else? Love for people. So, I mean, there's anybody else? One more? A sense of adventure. Hey, go after new things. Try something out. That's cool. I mean, see, these are all good things. See, we, we live out stuff from our father all the time. And, there, and there's lots of good things. Even if we had a lot of us, you know, if you knew your dad and he, he gave an effort, he was somewhat there, there were a couple good things that he passed on. He may have passed on more bad than good. We're not, we're not going to try to determine that this morning. But, hey, there was, there was a good things that passed on. So it's not all bad that's passed on. There's some things you find yourself doing and say, where did that come from? That came from my dad. That's good. So the, so the idea here is that your father passes on things that show up in your life. You know, Jesus is saying that here. It's a negative example. He's saying, look, you live out your father's desires. Number two, which is point one on my notes, but it's point two in the sermon, uh, is this. Fathers originate. You know, without men, there'd be no more babies, right? <laughs> Fathers make that happen. And I know ladies have a part, but, but the woman, 
to not get off too track, we understand the woman is the passive part. The egg is waiting for the one to go after it, and so life happens. So fathers originate. What does it say? Jesus says right here of the devil. He originated lies. He brought them into existence. He gave life to lies. They didn't exist before. There was nothing like it on earth. It had never happened. It was a fresh creation. Can the devil create? Yeah. He creates by distorting and perverting what's already there and good and makes something that's a poor reflection of what God intended. But the devil's an originator of lies. Guys, men, we originate. We make something happen. Life happens when we initiate things. And so sometimes if life is not happening, I need to initiate. Look, we're talking spiritual here. Get your mind off the other thing. So we initiate things, and then life happens. And they are birthed, and they are given life. And so spiritually, we have been entrusted with leadership to birth good things in the world, to bring to life things in the world, to say, I'm going to give that life. I'm going to make something happen because I've been given power to create like my creator. So let's go back to John chapter 8. Verse 31, this is the part right before Jesus really gets into it with the Pharisees. Or wait, 28, excuse me. 28 says this, So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. Did you notice that there? Jesus is showing the same principle that I'm talking about. He's saying, look, Jesus only did what the Father taught him. In other words, he learned certain things from his Father. Why did he have to do that? Because he was born on earth. I mean, he had to grow up as a human. So there was this this amazing truth, this mystery that's happening, fully God, fully man. But he had to grow up, and it says he was taught by the Father. So there was something that happened in Jesus' spiritual life. And then he says, look, I'm only doing what he's doing. I only do what my Father does. I don't even have to come up with it on my own. I'm, I'm doing what he wants to do. I'm teaching what he wants to teach. I'm saying what he wants to say because he knew who his Father was. He was connected to his Father. You know, we have, we have to... There's a song, it's an older song, I'm going to date myself a little bit. It was old when I first heard it, I want you to know this, okay? And it's by Petra, Christian group called Petra. Corey's going to love it, he doesn't want to bring up Petra. I'm going to buy Corey a bunch of Petra CDs before he leaves. Um, It's called Killing My Old Man. Okay? And it was probably, you know, it was one of those ones I think when it came out, what... uh, Somebody who's old, tell me. No. Probably what, the late 70s or early 80s, probably. One of those two. It's probably, if it wasn't 79, it was 80. So uh, 
You know, and it may have been even a controversial song back then, you know, killing my old, you know, hey, let's not sing that in a Christian song, you know, let's not talk about killing. Um, I don't know, you know, because that was wild music back then. Ooh, Petra, rock. Um, you listen to it now, you're like, oh, that was pretty basic. Um, but it's called, it, the song's called Killing My Old Man. You may not understand, he's a terrible man. So bad, so bad. Okay, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I just want to make sure you're awake. <laughs> When I first heard that song as a kid, I had no clue what it was about. But it was like, all right. You know, I know I wasn't supposed to go kill my dad, okay? <laughs> I, knew, I knew that wasn't the application of the song, but I, was, I didn't quite get it at first. I was like, okay, yeah. It's got a cool beat, a little, little 70s sounding, you know, because I was into the mid-80s stuff. But, you know, it's great. But killing my old man, what is that song talking about? It's talking about your old self, your flesh. Because, you know, it says we are crucified with Christ and that our, the, the body of sin is done away with it. Our, their old lives have been laid to rest. And so there's, there's one old man that needs to die, but I think there's really two. The other old man is we have to die to any influence that the devil has on our life because the devil is one of our old men, but he's been cut off by the one who bought us and brought us into a new family. And so when I make sure that those old men don't have influence in my life, then I can walk in newness of life with my new daddy. Make sense? So anytime I see something, here's the deal. Here's how it works, okay? Throughout the book of Romans, in Colossians, it says, You died, and your life is now hidden with God in Christ. It's incredible. The old you is dead. It does not exist anymore. Dead bodies don't move. Dead bodies don't breathe. Dead bodies don't speak. So the old you is dead. It's, you don't have to, you know. And what happens is your other old dad, the devil, he starts moving around that corpse. And sometimes we think, oh, it's still there. That's still in my life. It's still alive. No, it's not. You're dead. You can't get deader than dead. When you're dead, you're dead. There's no life. The blood flow is stopped. No breathing. And I think the enemy comes and he tries to rattle up our old man, our old self, and say, oh, it's still there. It's still alive. Look. Look at that thing that, that you always used to do. It's still there. No, it's not. That does not have any hold on me because I died. And my life is now hidden with God in Christ. Wow, that's awesome. Do you think the devil, do you think anything in the world can come against me if I'm hidden in God? I'm safe. My new self, my new identity, who God has made me to be, who God has bought me to be, is safe in him. And so... You know, if you see those old men coming up and, you know, you see that corpse coming around, say, nope, you're dead. You don't have to kill it. You can just say, you're already dead. That, that's not real. That's not the reality. The reality is that my life is now hidden with God in Christ, that I've been crucified with Christ, that nevertheless I live because Christ lives in me. It's no longer me who lives, it's him. That's our victory when we believe this, when we trust it, even our faith, when we believe that God has made us who he has made us to be. Because if I think I'm still the dead body, then I'm going to act like a dead person. 
But if I think I'm alive, if I know and believe that I'm alive, I'm going to live like I'm alive unto God. Why do you think it says, count yourselves dead to sin? Because I have died to sin. It has no life to me anymore. It's not about I have to try to not do it. Oh, I've got to stop this. I've got to stop this. I've got to stop this. No, that's the law. That's like trying to not do something. That's the power of the law. With the law is the power of sin. But the power to bring freedom that reigns in this place is the power of the Spirit, where I count myself dead to sin. That has nothing on me. That has no hold on me, but alive to God in Christ. My new dad, that's who I live to or now. That's whose blood flows in my spiritual veins, my new father. That's what Jesus is going to say right here. John eight thirty one. It's so awesome. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are, you are really my disciples. And in this famous verse, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And look what they say in verse 33. They answered him again, We're Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. Look once again, Jesus is saying, look, I heard this from the Father. I have seen this in the Father's presence. And you do what you have heard from your Father. Again, he's being very intense. And then he goes into that whole back and forth where he basically says, let me just lay it out for you. You are a child of the devil. You're children of the devil. The devil is your daddy. Thanks be to God in Christ Jesus. That's not true anymore. For anyone in here who hasn't made that decision, it can be true today. You can have a new father like that. Everything changes when you step into his family. But what happens here? There's new blood. There's, there's, a, there's a change of, of ownership of my life. There's a, there's, a, there's a setting free where I'm no longer a slave. It says before I was a slave to sin, but now what happens? I'm now a son. I'm a child. A son has a permanent place in the home. In other words, a slave might come or go. We might get rid of them. If we don't need them anymore, they might not stay in the family. But if you're a son, you're always in. You're always in. And so if I'm going to be a man of God in today's world, I have to live as a son first. In order to be a father, in order to be a good father, I have to first learn to be a son. Because I receive from my father. He passes it on to me. And then I find traits happening, things happening in my life. Where did that come from? That was amazing. That was incredible. Where is this love coming from? Why am I having compassion for this person right now that I don't even like? It's from my father. And I am carrying out my father's desires. The one whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Some of us have chains. 
they might not even really be holding us, but they're, they're wrapped around us spiritually, and we need to just drop those things and say, no, I'm a son. This, ha- this doesn't have to be in my life. I'm a son. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of the king. There is no chain in the kingdom of God. There is no chains in the family of God. So if there's chains hanging on you today, they have no right to be there. You don't have to hold on to them. You can drop them right now and say goodbye because you have already been set free as a son. Get the lights, sir. Okay, I'm going to turn off the lights here for a second. Don't get scared. One last application before we go. I don't know why I brought these up here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've heard camping is cool. I've never actually been. And so I assume when you go camping, you, you, if you really go camping, not like, um, you know, like in an RV or something, where, you know, you make a fire. You build a campfire. I mean, to really go camping, you have the campfire. You cook the food on the campfire. You, you, everything happens about with what you can make happen uh, right there in that place. And so someday I'll go camping and I'll learn to build a fire. Even if it's hot in Texas, I guess you still build a fire, huh? <laughs> but here's, here's the deal, guys. I want to make a point. Every single man in here is a fire starter. We build fires. What happens, guys, in our culture, in our day and age, is we're building our own fires instead of the fire that God wants to build. You know, there's a fire called anger. You light up this fire... And it'll burn bright. For a while, it'll, 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 it'll burn real good. But you know what? The fire of anger many times will get out of control, and you'll find that this fire ends up in this tent, in my family, in my household. You know, this is a fire of, of stuff in our culture where we pour everything we have into sustaining, getting more stuff, that new thing, that new toy. You know, men, we never grow up in some ways. We always like to have toys. All of us have toys, right? We all have a certain kind of toy, whatever it is that that is your toy. It might be guns. It might be trucks. It might be sports. It might be something else that you collect, whatever. You, you know, there's something we want to go out and play with. We want to have a good time. And I think that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. I think God wants us to, part of what we pass on is to be able to, hey, we're going to have a good time. We're going to do something together. We're going to build relationships around doing things that are enjoyable. And so that's good. But if, if I'm consumed with stuff, the things that I get, things that I play with, video games, whatever, I mean, it can become a fire that begins to burn, and then begin the fire gets places it shouldn't be. Because the campfire belongs in a certain place. If it gets out of there, it becomes a forest fire. It becomes a danger. You know, there's the, there's the fire of lust. And that fire will burn bright. You know what? And getting married won't satisfy that fire. 
Because what happens in marriage is not going to satisfy lust. Lust is never satisfied. You don't ever lust after your spouse because that's, it's just not, it's not the right kind of fire. You will get burned. Some of us have a fire of work. It's all about just what we do. It's all about just all the time on the job, on the job, on the job. And we just give ourselves to that. And we, and we can come away from our lives and it's like all we have is this campfire where we've been by ourselves doing our own thing. You know, there's a story of a man named Joshua. And Joshua doesn't say anything about his dad. It does say he was the son of Nun, but that was the guy's name, N-U-N, Nun. We don't hear anything about Joshua's father, but we hear a lot about Joshua being with Moses. And in Joshua 33, no, in Exodus 33, verse 11, it says that Moses would go into the tent. There's a huge tent set up. Lisa, I'm getting in the tent. (laughs) I've been waiting to get in this thing all week. Okay, I went in. It said Moses and would go into the tent and he would meet with God. He would meet with God face to face. I think if you want to put that scripture up while I'm talking, 3311. You know, it says that Moses would go in and everyone would kind of watch as Moses went into the tent. And he would meet with God and talk with him face to face. But this verse says something amazing about how Joshua became Joshua. Because Joshua was a great leader. Joshua became as great or greater than Moses in some ways because he entered the promised land and he finished his life strong. It says the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. You know, Jesus, before he says, you will be free indeed, says you must abide in me, in my word. You must trust in my words. You must dwell in my words. And then if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Because it's gathering around the fire of God himself. Where I am changed as a man. If I allow the fire of God, it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get me burned in a good way sometimes. But the fire of God will never get out of control and burn up my tent. It will never burn up my family. It will never burn up my future. It will never destroy my spiritual family tree. We can go ahead and turn on the lights. It's probably long enough. Close your, close your eyes. So I want to have the right fire burning. I want his fire. Jesus says, if you really, if you abide in my words, you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. In other words, there'll be a there'll be a personal knowledge 
of God as the truth because you're gathered in yourself around the fire of his presence. It's really simple, but it's not easy because all the other fires are wanting our attention. And some of them we have to give attention to. You do have to go to work, okay? <laughs> you, you do have to do certain things. But I've got to make sure that my heart is allowing the fire of God in my life. Then you know what? God's traits show up in me. My daddy's traits show up in me because his blood is flowing through my veins. Spiritually, I have a new DNA. I am a part of a new family. I am a new person. And so I, I want us to pray today. I just want us to pray. I want you to uh, let's do men with men and men, women with women. Can you just find one other person? I just want us to agree together. Another, find another lady if you're a lady. Find another man if you're a man. And we're just agreeing today that we will walk in the newness of life that our new father has given us. Because we can all take that application, right? But guys, especially, we're, we, are, we are asking if there is any chain on this person's life that's hanging on that doesn't belong. Again, we're just believing that every chain is broken, that every curse has been broken over each of our lives, and that we can walk in freedom and, and purity and authority and confidence. And then, you know what? We're going to initiate those things. We're going to birth new things. We're going we're to see things happen because we're walking in our new Father's desire. Can we do that? Go ahead and move. Find, find somebody else, just one other person. Let's leave nobody out. If we have to do a group of three, we'll figure it out. Men with men, women with women. Find somebody else. We're believing that the presence and the power and the fire of God will be in their lives. That there will be a revelation of the Father's love in their life. Go ahead and move around if you need to find somebody. Let's just make sure nobody's left out here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.